Hey, Real Nerds listeners, there's many ways you can interact with the Real Nerds podcast. You can email us at realnerds at gmail.com. You can hit us on Twitter at Real Nerds. You want to check us on Facebook? You can just look for Real Nerds Podcast. You want to leave us a voicemail? Just call 720-6NERDS5. You want to listen to our episodes? You can check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Men. Listen, I have my own podcast. I have my own podcast studio. I don't really care about those. What I really care about is the Real Nerds Podcast, the best podcast in the universe, in the multiverse, in, in, on all Earth, 616 and beyond. Listen to it. Subscribe right now and uh, listen to this episode. Listen to all the episodes, but especially listen to, the, listen to the one that I'm on. It might be the best. Thank you, guys. Camera action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can talk to film. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Take it outside. Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd This is Real Nerds Podcast, and for over 10 years, we have seen a new movie and podcasted our experience to the world. This week, we saw Studio 666. <laughs> Does that Stay mean tuned. that they're going to record an album with the devil? Yes, because the rock and roll is devil. Yeah, Duh. metal. <laughs> um, stay tuned, where we'll tell you if we recommend the film or not, play the trailer, then spoil the film. We're also going to talk about Hollywood's big comeback and the big news story of the week. We're a movie podcast. We love movies. We love movies. How about you? I don't know. That's that, that's what I that's what I've gotten. Brad, how many times have you seen the Batman since uh, Tuesday? Uh, two more times. Nice. One, once in 40x. Was it cool in 40x? Not really. <laughs> Damn. Not only was it like a repeat experience of the last time I went to 40X where you know I, I sat in the, the handicapped companion spots and then like mm-hmm. five no actually more like fifteen minutes in um another group of young people sat down in the other section of that and just like gabbed away. Nice. Um but uh yeah the uh you, you saw the movie like there's not a lot of extra effects to put in it. It seems like they've turned off the the scents because I didn't smell any burning rubber throughout mm. the movie. Um, I didn't get misted. You know, there's a ton of rain uh, yeah. in that car chase, and I didn't get misted. Um, I, you know, Gotham City has a ton of like steam coming out of the the, the streets, but there was no fog. Uh, it was pretty much just like uh, seats moving, and uh, yeah, that's about it. What time did you see it at? Like 10 p.m. Was there a lot of people in the theater? Yeah, it was pretty full. Um, like I oh. said, I had to sit in the handicapped companion spot because there's only three rows in the um, front section, and the you know front row is really close. So yeah, yeah. I was just curious if maybe they if there wasn't as many people, they toned it down. But it sounds like there was people there. So yeah, I think they're just saving money like on on maintenance and uh, the uh, the seats like were insane like 
I felt like I was going to like tossed out of it <laughs> during that car chase. Like it re- they really r- ramped those up, but yeah, like you walk by the sign when you walk in and it has like all these effects advertised. And I really felt like I just got tossed around for t- three hours. <laughs> so yeah. But again, there's not a ton of opportunities in that movie. Like it's a lot of dramatic scenes. So true. But yeah, like the yeah, car chase I- should have seats moving and rain and, tire smell and nothing yeah that's that's crazy when i saw i've only actually i've only seen one movie in 40x and i saw rise of skywalker it was badass man like when the um title uh crawl was going it tilted the seats back so it was even more in 3d (laughs) and um and when ray and kylo ren were fighting on the death star each side of the theater was lit based on their lightsabers so it was, uh, and then every time they hit, you know, you'd feel it in your back or something. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, there's lots, lots of smoke and stuff. It did have the air cannons, but it, it was like a couple times programmed to when Batman would punch somebody. So like the, the air cannons next to your ears, like they had those, mm. but it was, it was intermittent, but yeah, like the, you- light, the lighting effects, um, like that's another feature that I didn't notice. Do you think maybe too they tone it down for the handy cap area because just in case uh, they need to for people with special needs in that spot? I mean, it's not that far away from all the other seats, so I don't know if they can uh, target it like that. But maybe I'm just trying to think of things that maybe why. Yeah, I thought 3D was like another feature of it, like like they had to be in 3D, so like hmm. that wasn't a thing. Yeah, because wouldn't that be the third dimension, and then the fourth dimension is all the bells and whistles? Yeah, so I think like bare minimum, you have to get to three first before you can do four, right? So yeah, I don't know. Movie was Say still Lobby. badass, though. Yeah, no, movie's awesome. Movie is awesome. Zach, hey. did you do anything cool this week? Um, not not really. It worked. Um, but <clears throat> I did get to um enjoy a nice belated birthday dinner with my family last night and then my uh girlfriend and i sat down and watched lincoln and it was her oh, first God, time watching lincoln oh you have a girlfriend yeah it was the first time she had ever watched lincoln <laughs> she was she's uh she 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 was uh pleasantly surprised uh how much she enjoyed it so james's favorite film over our 10 years is lincoln out of all of them i can that was mm-hmm. in episode 300 that was what he yeah i couldn't remember. I, it's been a while since we did that no i, I still I still love the film. Um, it's it's fantastic, but we're we're gonna try to go see the Batman um, this week because she has still has not seen it yet, um, cool. and I want to watch it again. And I'm hoping that uh, by the time we get our paychecks, we can go. So then we can go to IMAX again because that was the most fun ever. I I had not seen an IMAX film in a while before going to the Batman with you guys for it. So I've kind of grown re addicted to IMAX theaters. So. I just like the way they're that that Colorado Center Nine is set up. That I I want to just keep going back to it. Um, yeah, I mean IMAX for the the car chase alone is awesome. When he when Batman turns on the Batmobile, oh yeah, you feel the whole theater rumbling. It's pretty yeah. awesome. Actually, I take that back. You and I did go to the to the Mills IMAX for Black Widow. Um, True, but hey. I I feel like yeah, it's it's not the real it's not a real IMAX. It was it's uh the the seating arrangement is off and 
the the screen's not to full capacity, but um, but that but still going to a big screen event like Black Widow was fun, but going to the true IMAX for Batman was such a treat. Um, Hell yeah, yeah, and I don't I don't know if like right now. Uh, I mean, I know it's like there's been slim pickings thus far, but that, that this is my favorite movie of the year and it will take a, take a while for anything to knock it out. So, um, <laughs> it, it's, I just enjoyed it so much. Like I just, I, I read an article that made me realize like, yeah, like this movie has more Batman in it than most Batman movies have had. <laughs> like, Oh no, I, I said in our review, it's the movie that he's, he's in the Batman costume more than he's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Which is really great. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to more Batman. Um, <laughs> I, I can't, I don't know if I can say the same thing for our, for our movie review this week, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, more Batman, please give me more. And, um, I, I'd like another one right now, please like make that sequel today. <laughs> Did you notice, oh. uh, on your first watch, the, uh, the murdered reporter's name was Edward Elliott. Yeah. I didn't know which we were talking about on our episode, uh, you know, what possible villains, uh, you know, they could go for, for the next movie. And that totally sets up hush because that newscast talking about it, even like flashes mm-hmm. on the screen, hush question mark. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that'd be great. No, I think so too. I, yeah, you know, I was, I've been reading a lot with Matt Reeves, his interviews efforts, because now you can read spoilers, you know, I don't have to go to Corinne's, twitter page to see spoilers i'll get it from the source and uh he yeah he talks about hush mr freeze and uh who else did he say uh he the court of said, owls is what pattinson mm, wants which yeah. i think would be really cool it ties into um, the whole gotham family thing yeah exactly so i think that'd be really cool be kind of a continuation of this story mm. i also pre- i also appreciated that he said just because i put joker in there doesn't mean you're getting joker next time <laughs> i really appreciated that it's yeah. not that i don't want another joker movie it's more just like yeah but i i would personally like to see some other batman villains get their shot at a, a nice uh a nice adaptation and not a silly like like mr freeze like what we talked about in the episode mr freeze i think you could there's a there'd be a really cool way to do mr freeze somehow um, and I would trust Matt Reeves with what he does with it. So, um, I'm not as familiar with hush as you guys. So, um, I should pick I up the graphic novel. It's great. Okay. And then it's, I can, it's like a murder mystery. <laughs> you can give me an yeah. excuse to go to mile high comics. And it ties into the Riddler too. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it does. Yeah. It also kind of mirrors like, you know, the whole Marvel universe. They adapted a lot of modern storylines and yeah. runs into the movies. Um, so yeah, it's probably cool if DC starts doing that because they've pretty much mined all their. Well, what I stuff. think is too is what I like about the Batman and what Marvel does really well is they do the newer storylines, but they add their own little tweak to them. You know, yeah. Which the Batman doesn't follow. I mean, it has influences from other uh, Batman stories. I mean, like Batman Year One. Catwoman's not a stripper in it, thank God, but she's <laughs> she works at a nightclub and. Yeah. Things like that, and the long Halloween without Calendar Man, and like yeah. Harvey Dent stuff. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. Wonderful. This week on Real Nerds, we saw Studio Six Six Six, 
or should I say Foo Fighters present Studio 666. Brad, do you recommend Studio 666? Uh, maybe you should even amend it to say Dave Grohl presents Studio 666 because <laughs> it definitely felt like a, like a personal project that the, that, like, the band was kind of like, like their arm was twisted to do a little. Um, it's, it's fun. I like, I'm like, I like their music, but I, I don't follow a lot of what they do, like hardcore. But yeah, it just seemed like a, a like a, I don't know, two hour inside joke. Um, like a wish list of all the like on screen horror things that Dave Grohl wanted to just kind of do. Um, it's silly. Um, it's ridiculous and it's, it's kind of charming, but in the end, I like, I wasn't sure what I was supposed to take away from it. Zach. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you lower your expectations a little bit on what you're going to get out of a horror comedy, I think you'll have fun with it. Um, I, I enjoyed the time that I had watching it. Um, it's kind of hard to like recommend because it's like, as Brad said, it feels like it's an inside joke that, (laughs) that the audience is not really privy to unless you're like really into the Foo Fighters. But the horror elements and the comedy elements are are are, are fun enough to kind of keep it afloat. Um, and I, there were some fun kills in this that were using practical effects that I really enjoyed. Um, so, I mean, yeah, if you're looking for a fun, light horror movie uh, that you've seen all the tropes before, but you just want to see them remixed a different way, I, I think this is totally worth a watch. Yeah, I, I think I am about the same as both of you. I I never i never saw a trailer for it i only saw the poster and i only knew it was coming out because it was coming out the week before the batman mm-hmm. and i says man we need a movie to watch and so this was one of them but there what i liked about the film is they knew what kind of movie they were making and they didn't take it seriously i think there's some pacing issues in it uh it kind of drags for a little bit mm-hmm. but um for dudes who've never acted before i mean some of them aren't that good but they believe what they're doing so it's fun and yeah and the, it's pretty gory and uh silly uh, it feels like it has a destined uh midnight showings at like the esquire written all over it um here's a trailer for studio 666 Foo fighters you gotta get me a record it's our 10th album we gotta break the mold on this one let's have Let's go somewhere we've never been. This place is amazing. Do you guys get this overwhelming sense of death? Whoa. Doesn't really seem like the right fit. Whoa, that's rad. That was weird. The sound of this house is the sound of album 10. All right, all right, you guys, amps. Living room. Let me apologize in advance for all the rock we're about to make. Got a couple of ideas I've been working on. I'll lay them on you. Dude, wait, 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 wait. It's called Everlong, and you wrote it about 20 years ago. How are you feeling? Everything okay? Ever since we moved into this house, my mind is flooded. We all have writer's block. This is not just a creepy rock and roll house. It allows spiritual entities to cross into our world. Oh my god! Dude has got one flew over the cuckoo's nest crazy. Oh, no. It's this place, man. 
Let's finish the track. Can we just wait, dude? Play the drums. You found a new musical note? Hell yes, I did. It's an L. Any chefs in the grill? I'm pretty handy on the grill. Yeah, you like your meat charred and dry. Ah! He does make a killer barbecue. What do we do? We go save his ass. Is the album almost done? Yeah, it's killer. Here you go, man. Finish the song. You did. I'm the film studio 666. Uh, the Foo Fighters are trying to release their 10th album and they need a place to record it. Uh, their manager guy <laughs> sets them up in this house where this murder takes place 30 years prior, which we see at the opening of the film. And while they're there, Dave Grohl gets possessed by a murderous dude and starts killing off the band members. And they, they, they kind of use the whole idea of the 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 grunge era nineties and like the ideas of like like the 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 I don't know how to describe it like the the the, the kind of like the tragedy surrounding like these like off to the side nineties bands and put it into this horror context. Um, and so he's possessed by the like this person who was infected by who infected a band called Dream Widow. Like I, I felt like it was kind of like the most subpar like way to get the horror going, but I guess it works for this movie. It's the the tone of it's really silly. Um, I mean, I, I I was on board when they have the meeting with their manager. Mm-hmm. Um, where they're talking and he says, we want to <laughs> make an album that rocks so hard that it'll knock someone's dick off back into their mouth. And then they have this minute conversation about, so their dick's already been in their mouth. <laughs> it's funny. Um, and yeah, like the practical effects are really great. Um, really over the top. But I think my favorite band member is Sam because he's like not a great actor, but he's always really weird. You know, sleeping in the uh, the kitchen because it's next to the food. Oh, Pat, Pat Smear, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Pat, yeah. Um, and it's just bizarre. <laughs> the rest of the and band had it, like a Scooby Doo vibe, where yeah, they're like just a, like hapless, stumbling upon things, and yeah. And I liked that they, it went totally for broke. I mean, the band died in horrible ways. <laughs> uh, uh, was it Remy? Was his name? Um, who's sawed in half with Whitney Cummings in bed? Yeah, yeah Rami, that effect was Rami really Gaffey. cool. Yeah, that yeah, that was cause... a that was a fun callback to uh, Friday the Thirteenth a little bit, which which was nice, but just completely going for going for broke with the chainsaw slicing through both of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's uh, uh, you know, just some silly things where he made up a new chord called L. <laughs> and then there's a part like towards the end where uh two band members are talking about it and they go dude it's like a fucking e and he comes <laughs> flying in behind him 
going, it's an elk horn. <laughs> like weird stuff like that. Um, I mean, I'm on board for the film. I, I think Will Forte was funny in it. Um, I think the best cameo was Lionel Richie. Yeah. <laughs> where he, where he says, we've all had Ryder Block, but that's my fucking song. I love that song. Um, Get your own songs. Yeah. So stuff like that's really funny. Um, but it did have weird pacing issues. Um, you know, the beginning was fun, but then it kind of dragged to get the horror element going. Yeah. The middle, um, kind of feels like Dave Roll's possessed and unpossessed. Yeah. Like it it kind of feels like it goes around in circles a bit in the middle. Yeah. Um, it's a little yeah. inconsistent with its, with its plot. And the only way you know that he's technically still, inhabited is watching the other band members get killed which i liked uh chris's death um on the grill because <laughs> he had that uh the 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 latex effect of his skin sticking to the grill that was a nice little kill yeah the, um, you know or the how dumb his band was when he's eating chris <laughs> they go oh at least he's still eating <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a huge um, like there's a human rib cage sitting there and he still no, can't put it together it's it's comically over the top um <laughs> And I think that's why I forgive some of the pacing issues. I mean, if I was a director or editor, I would probably trim about 20 minutes out of the movie. Um, Cause I think you need to get to the possession faster. And I think in the middle after he's possessed, then there's about another 30 minutes where it's, I don't know. It's just him being, you know, kind of an asshole. Um, but there's some funny moments, you know, when he says I'm a rock star and I deserve to park here. <laughs> <laughs> So it's fun. Yeah, I'm not a big Foo Fighters fan. I mean, I know their music, but it was, I don't know. I saw it at 10 o'clock in the morning at the Westminster Alamo, and I thought I was going to be the only one there. Because uh, when I bought the ticket, I was the only one. But when the movie started, you know, through the pre-show, it was like three quarters full. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I wow. feel like the the one the one issue that I have with the film in terms of, if I'm going to call anything out for the story, is that so they reverse the curse or whatever, and they set the other spirits free. But then we have um, Jeff Garland and um, uh, Leslie Grossman as the as it's revealed, like oh, they were behind the plot this entire time. And I'm like, I think it's a little too late to do that. <laughs> like, yeah, I think That's you what needed I mean, like, to it, cut that thread. <laughs> it goes a little longer. I think they could have cut that. Well, I guess you wouldn't see. The other two guys die, but um, I would have been fine with them surviving. <laughs> oh yeah, me totally. Um, yeah, yeah, you could have just ended it with him being possessed. In yeah, the his whole dressing room. solo thing would, felt like unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. oh yeah, that 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 feels like the expected ending. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like I thought it was two like two hours and ten minutes. It was an hour and forty six, and yeah, you could I think you'd take a half hour out of it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Also, uh, John Carpenter, uh, and his, um, son and, uh, I think it's Cody Davis, um, or no, no, um, uh, 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 Daniel Davies, uh, did the opening theme and John Carpenter is in this movie. Yep. <laughs> and I, I thought like, I, when I heard the theme, I'm like, oh, this is a Carpenter theme. And then I just see him recording in the studio with them and I'm like, the fuck like what are you doing here <laughs> go off and get out and 
then he actually has dialogue. Like it was nice to see him. I was just because we knew nothing about this film going in. I, it was just like a nice surprise on my end to be like, "Hey, John, what are you doing here? You should be literally anywhere else." But <laughs> it was nice to see him. Um, I don't. It's not as fun as the Lionel Richie cameo, but it's uh, it's still a treat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, like for. Like it felt like a low budget movie, but I think that like the effects and the production value actually felt really high, like really expensive. Yeah, I agree. Oh yeah, for what yeah. it was. So that's a. I positive. think obviously they saved money by keeping it in one location. Really, right. And you have a. I mean, the guy who who directed it did Hatchet Three, so he's got. It's not like he's a slouch or anything. He's he's got a good he's got a good pedigree behind him to get something done efficiently. But yeah, it's. I I think it's like. I feel like I would have more fun with this if I was a better listener of the Foo Fighters. So I just, I feel like there's something lost in the process, but oh, well. I don't know. I don't know if you have to be a fan of them. I think, I mean, maybe, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I listen to their music. I don't know anything in their music that touches on these subjects. I mean, I guess I don't know. Really haven't read interviews with Dave Grohl about he's a huge like exorcist fan or something. I don't know. It does help because there's that one joke where he starts like previewing new chords for the band and the band's just like, yeah, we did that song already. We did that song already. So like that, that helps that joke. If you already have heard those things, but um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, check it out. I mean, I don't think you'll be, you know, off for checking it out. If you have nothing else to do and it's, playing mm-hmm. i don't think there, i think there's worse ways to spend your time no no yeah no it's a, it you was could, fun you could watch the wish dragon holy fuck so i know we don't talk about what we've been watching but i i decided i was going to watch that with kellen and it's literally aladdin but with a dragon <laughs> and i just wanted it to end so yeah corinne i watched you it. wished it would end <laughs> and yeah that's all that was my big wish i wanted a refund from netflix but they don't give them for making you watch a shitty movie um Anywho, <laughs> here is this week in the big Hollywood comeback. No surprise, boys, that the Batman topped the box office. But what is really cool is they put out the revised numbers today uh they first had it at 128 million and they just upped it to 134 so that means that it's word of mouth is really good and so it should make tons of money um yeah but i was also looking at uh past batman movies and like the dark knight and rises each did like 160 and you know, Spider-Man No Way Home just did, what, 250 in its opening weekend? Uh, 268. Like, <laughs> 270. So, yeah, it's uh, just kind of like, it's it's successful, but it's like still not but crushing I, it, it. It's to be expected, though, because this is the newest, like, iteration. So you're going to have people needing assurance that it's worth their time. Yeah, and then, yeah. Remember, Batman Begins opened at 48 million. And um, I think there is... Um, somewhat of a bad taste in people's mouth from the Zack Snyder stuff. Mm-hmm. I was looking um, at that too. And even those started at like 180 to 200. So 
Yeah, right. but yeah. yeah, well, I mean, Batman Superman started at 166, but it crashed bad mm-hmm. um, because it has no staying power. So you got to kind of rebuild the trust for the DC projects. Um, when you got stuff like Shazam and Aquaman that did really well. And I think, I mean, Batman's obviously the second biggest superhero in the world. So, right. It's, and, uh, and this movie is three hours long. So the fact that it pulled in that much on a, like a flat three hour time is pretty impressive. And two, I also, it's really dark and it's not, you know, even though, you know, Avengers Infinity War Endgame. Um, aren't the like most happy movies they still have that kind of um marvelness to them where there's really fun moments where this movie has some but it's pretty dark and it's it it asks a lot of questions about you know what it means to be a superhero and um a person so i i think i think this one's going to make a lot of money but it's going to be uh slow making lots of money um, I, I just looked up Aquaman. Yeah, it, it debuted at sixty-seven million and still like had long legs. So, yeah, and I, I mean, obviously, next week there's really no movie coming out. Um, well, there is no movie wide, and then the next week after that, I think X is the only wide release, and I think it's really? the twenty-fourth when that Sandra Bullock movie comes out. So it's gonna, it's gonna have two, three weeks where it's going to make tons of money. Um, but, you know, Tom Holland's still crushing it. Number two and number four. Uncharted and Spider-Man still in the top five 12 weeks after it's been released. Um, I, I know they um, they pushed um, the release of its Blu-ray and digital release because it kept on making so much money. So good for Spidey. Good for fans of Spider-Man. Yeah. Sweet. And uh I I have the news story, Zach, unless you have one. Um I've got I've got I've I've actually got a few, so I've only got to pick one, but one I have that retains to the box office actually. Cool. Here's the news story for the week. It's real news. So one thing that uh, we keep in mind, I don't think this is going to be a huge uh, indicator of how the box office will go uh, for the next couple of weeks. But um, obviously, the situation in Ukraine um, has compelled many studios to pull their releases. um, And uh, Paramount Pictures on the 1st of March uh, joined the list of studios uh, pulling their releases from from Russia uh, by saying that they will no longer be showing The Lost City or Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, in Russia, uh, this, uh, the studio confirmed its altered release plan saying, as we witness the ongoing tragedy in Ukraine, we have decided to pause the theatrical release of our upcoming films in Russia, including The Lost City and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. We stand by all those implicated by the humanitarian crisis around Ukraine, Russia, and our international markets, and we'll continue to monitor the situation as it unfolds. So they've joined a slew of other studios, including Disney, who was the first to really pull from this by pulling the film Turning Red. Um, or turning red, which um is for us, we're only getting it as a U.S. Disney Plus thing. Uh, but Warner Brothers pulled the Batman, and Sony um says it's pulling Morbius, and I'm like, but Morbius, when's that even coming out? Um, but yeah, so um, it it, it does uh, April first, dent- Zach witnessed the birth 
of a new kind of hero. No, thank you. I'm I'm fine. <laughs> I like how in the trailer he says um, he has some kind of bat radar, and this man's a doctor, and he just doesn't just say sonar. <laughs> like I know it. Fuck, man. I don't. Um, yeah, we'll have fun yeah. with it, right? Making fun of yeah, it. No, I mean not. I'm going to see it. I, you know what? It could be good. It could. Yeah. You know, it, Michael Keaton's in it. He's telling the doc they should stay in touch. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, no, Ru- Russia's box office isn't anything to slouch at. So there, there could be a hit on the worldwide grosses. But um, it, it's interesting to think about like that. We haven't had a movie pulled uh, like that from a market in such a significant way in a while. So um, I, I don't know. Does anybody have any thoughts on it? Like, uh, it's- yeah, fuck Vladimir Putin. Who cares? Yeah, fuck that man. Um, yeah. I f- I feel like the last time that this happened on such an interesting scale was probably world like prior to World War II, where studios were literally just pulling out of the uh, the German market and the European oh, market man. at large. If I'm with the Walt Disney Company, I'm going to make freaking propaganda cartoons starring Donald Duck fighting mm-hmm. Putin. That'd be great. Yes. <laughs> It's not going to be as clever as Der, Der Fuhrer's face was, but <laughs> that, that'd that be great. The, um, the only other story really is, is that um, Bendergate has officially uh, ended and John DiMaggio will be returning for the revival of Futurama that is set to be debuting on Hulu. So um, my, my only thing is, is I kind of wish that um, he went into the negotiations the second time. He told him to bite his shiny metal ass and he walked out. That's yeah. all I wanted. I know we didn't, we it, it, don't worry. He'll have plenty of opportunities to say it coming soon on Hulu, <laughs> but I, but I guess I'd rather have him as Bender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was the story you had? <laughs> oh, I was going to s- just talk about how AMC is charging more to see the Batman. And yeah, uh, elaborate s- on that. Uh, yeah. They're charging like a dollar 50 more to see the Batman. They call it a premium movie. And uh, Spielberg and George Lucas predicted this 10 years ago. When he was mm-hmm. talking about seeing Lincoln, that they're going to only pay five dollars for Lincoln, and they're going to pay ten for uh, some Marvel movie. So Alamo's primetime tickets went up too. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I only know that because when I took Kellen to see Uncharted, um, obviously I got you know my season pass, but his ticket was like fourteen dollars. Yeah, the second time I went to see the Batman, um, I walked out of the theater. I was like, I want to see it again. I looked for a later showing. Uh, like it was the one at 11 and obviously I used my pass for the one I just saw. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I went to buy, it, I was like 15 bucks. Oh, right. I can only do this yeah. once a day. It's, and then I was like, wait, it used to be 1275. Yeah. Yep. Not surprised. Nope. They're, they're having to, they're having to reconcile a new market and not all those theaters are staying open that late. Like the first time I've started seeing the, Alamo Littleton open later than seven o'clock has been since the Batman came out. Yeah. I think they're starting to get back into a groove. Like I said, I saw it studio six, six, six at 10 in the morning. And, um, and that's me. I think it was the only showing that day. Maybe that's why there's a lot of people there. But when I left, I don't know, around 1230, every single theater had the Batman like uh, poster on it. So um, yeah. my, my guess is there's going to be maybe one or two showings of the lesser films. And then, the big movies where they're actually making money, they're going to start showing a lot more. It's still winter. So I imagine when may hits, uh, yeah. screenings will be more frequent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you got 
Doctor Strange and well, Morbius first and then Doctor Strange. Um, so yeah, be good. Yeah. Hmm. Let's see if any of the other nerds wanted to send us something this week. Hey nerds, Corinne here for another installment of Showtime, where I recommend something I've been watching lately. This week I am covering the entirety of Star Wars Rebels. So it's kind of fun because I've basically been watching the Star Wars TV shows like kind of in chronological order. At least the ones, like the animated ones I hadn't seen yet. Because I did season 7 of Clone Wars, then the Bad Batch, which both of those take place around the time of Revenge of the Sith. And then now I'm covering Star Wars Rebels, which takes place about five years before the events of A New Hope. So it's like worked out perfectly. <laughs> there there definitely are a lot of characters who show up in all three shows and like Clone Wars characters who show up in Rebels and Rebels characters who show up, you know, later in like Mandalorian and everything. So uh, overall, I would say Rebels is a lot of fun. The first season is... Yeah, it's okay. I, I had heard that the first season was definitely the worst of the four, but it's not, like, terrible. There definitely are, are moments in it that I really enjoyed, and it, it, I think it has a lower ceiling on purpose because they're just trying to introduce you to the world and to the characters, um, but it does have, like, a a little bit of a different tone sometimes. It's a little bit more of that, like, adventure of the week kind of um, animated kid show sort of vibe of, you know, we kind of have to have like, not like a moral, but I guess like a lesson at the end, like for every episode of, uh, like, oh, here are these two characters on the good guy team and they don't really get along because their personalities clash. So we're going to pair them up for an episode and then they'll figure out their differences and they'll start to get along sort of a thing. And it gets a little grating, but, um, and then another problem with season one is, um, there, well, I guess it's not a problem. So they, they, there are a lot of cameos from the entire Star Wars saga. Um, like I said, Clone Wars characters who come in, um, and then, you know, <laughs> um, but they do have a lot of big cameos up front. R2-D2 and C-3PO, I think they're in, like, the third or fourth episode of the first season. Lando's in there. Um, Leia, I think she shows up in season two. But, uh, it's like, they kinda, it's almost like they needed this to, like, get you invested in the show. And while some of it ends up paying off, some of it is also kinda just, it feels a little hammered in and it doesn't really go anywhere. And it's like, what? Okay. Whatever. Um... Season two is really good. It starts off with this two-parter, which I had actually seen before, um, where, spoilers, Darth Vader shows up, and he, like, absolutely gets shit done, and it's amazing, and then it very much changes up the dynamic for, like, the rest of the series going forward, because previously the Rebels had been located on this one planet the whole time, and then Darth Vader comes in and basically makes it so that they can't stay there anymore. And then they, you know, they end up joining this larger rebel group and they just kind of bounce around and do different things as needed. So that's a lot of fun. And then season three kind of has like a similar feel. They're 
based out of just like this one area, but they kind of go off and do like whatever they need to do. And you start seeing like these bigger plot threads coming in. And uh, again, spoilers, but they bring in Grand Admiral Thrawn from the Legends universe, which I already knew about. Uh, I've never read the legend stuff, but I knew who Grand Admiral Thrawn was just because, you know, everybody loves him as a character. So I'm like, yeah, it kind of made sense that they bring him into this universe now. And um, I think it's Lars Mikkelsen. I know him as the guy. Um, oh, I forget his character's name on Sherlock, but he did such an excellent job of just being this like really soft spoken but very deliberate, like, bad guy. Like, he respects his opponents, but he also knows, like, he's so superior to them, and he's just, like, you know, gaining little bits of information so that he can just tear them apart later, and it's wonderful. Uh, so that all culminates in the season three finale, and it's pretty awesome. And then season four is on the shorter side. I think it's only, like, 15 or 16 episodes, and the series finale is a two-parter, and I had had some of the stuff spoiled for me, but it still all comes together really nicely. There are a couple of things at the end where I was like, this was kind of cool in concept, but I'm not sure why you had to introduce it, and why you had to introduce it now, <laughs> like at the very end of the show, I guess because this might come in handy for other Star Wars properties down the way. I don't know. Um, and it's also really nice because at this point, um, in making the show, I think Rogue One had already come out. So they're starting to plant seeds of like things that are, so the, the actual show aired after Rogue One was released, but this part of the universe takes place before Rogue One, like in the Star Wars timeline. So they are setting up things that happen in Rogue One. They mention Director Krennic. They mention the Death Star. We see one of the kyber crystals being taken. Um, the different crew members who are coming in to work on, you know, they don't know it's the Death Star, but we, as the audience, we know it's the Death Star. And um, so it, it was that was kind of nice. They also bring in a lot of the original voice actors or just actors for the voice acting for these characters. So, um, oh crap, what's his name? Uh, well, Ian McDermott, he comes back to play the Emperor, which is nice, because I don't think he ever did that in the Clone Wars series. So I think, like, I don't know, Disney had a lot more money than, like, Cartoon Network did. <laughs> They're like, here, Ian McDermott, come in and voice the Emperor for us. And, oh, Forrest Whitaker, that's what I was thinking of. Forrest Whitaker comes in and he voices Saw Gerrera, um, who's, uh, character had actually been introduced in the Clone Wars series, but by the time Rebels takes place, this is, I don't know, like maybe a year or so before the events of Rogue One. So he's pretty much like right where he's at during the events of Rogue One, like both in terms of looks and in terms of personality. So it's kind of nice that they have that continuity with uh, Forrest Whitaker coming in to voice him. And oh my gosh, just the voice cast... Um, <laughs> So many delightful, both, like, in the actual voice cast, um, like, the regular folks. I love Steve Blum. He voices Zeb Aurelios, who, whose character is, like, based on concept art of Chewbacca in the very, very early drafts of Star Wars. And then uh, Tia Sirkar. 
I did not know until like maybe I was in season three. And I was like, wait a minute, Tia Surkar, that name sounds familiar. And I looked up, she's from The Good Place. That's how I knew her. I was like, oh, I didn't even know she did voice work. That's really cool. And then, of course, Freddie Prince Jr., I knew he was in the show. Um, but then they have like other guest doctors come in to do bit parts or just, you know, other, you know, they revive characters from the Clone Wars. And so like Jim Cummings comes back to play Hondo and a bunch of other people show up. And I was like, hey, I recognize that voice. I recognize that voice. So, you know, what, what am I going to do? <laughs> this is just how it goes. Um, so I, I really liked it. Um, I don't know if I, it's so hard because like Bad Batch is so different from this. Uh, the Bad Batch, like, the animation is better, but I think Rebels, just in general, has, like, a better story. But again, it's, like, four seasons versus one season, so that's not really fair. But, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen Clone Wars, so I can't really compare those two, but I think it's, like, a good follow-up to Clone Wars. And again, the later seasons really build up things that are going to happen in Rogue One and then A New Hope, so that works out really nicely. And then it ends in such a way that, like, some of the characters could come back in properties like The Mandalorian that take place between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. So I would really like to see some of these characters pop up in The Mandalorian. Uh, Sabine Wren, who's played by Tia Surkar, I would love to see her in The Mandalorian because she is also a Mandalorian and she also wielded the Darksaber at one point. So it would be kind of nice for her to you know, teach Din Djarin, aka Mando, how to wield the Darksaber. So, anyway, that's that's my general thoughts on it. I really liked it. You really get to love this whole cast of characters, and they really get to take on, like, a life of their own within the Star Wars universe. So, yeah, go give it a watch, and I'll talk to you all later with something. Bye! Hey, everyone. Corinne wanted me to pop in here for a second to alert you to this year's Movie Madness Tournament she has put together. Voting starts Thursday, March 17th, and it is a DC versus Marvel tournament this year. Movies include Batman Begins versus Spider-Man 2, The Batman versus Spider-Man No Way Home, Shazam versus Deadpool, The Suicide Squad versus Guardians of the Galaxy, Joker versus Logan, Aquaman versus Black Panther, Man of Steel versus Winter Soldier, and Batman v Superman versus Captain America Civil War. So March 17th, look for polls on Twitter and Facebook and go out and vote for this completely uh, inconsequential tournament. Hey film buddies, follow me around Denver. This week at the Esquire Midnights, they're showing Mad Max Fury Road. And important news coming following the, uh, this week is that the Esquire Midnights will be midnights no longer. They will be late nights starting at 10 p.m. So for the foreseeable future, um, don't show up at the Esquire at midnight on the weekend because uh, the movie will be over most likely by then. Uh, but yeah, uh, next week, starting with The Room and Rocky Horror Picture Show, they're moving to 10 p.m. Um, weird new era uh, where... Movies are not quite as late as they used to be. Um, so see you at the Esquire. Oh, and the Bug Theater is having the Emerging Filmmakers Project this Thursday at 8 p.m. Uh, come see a bunch of local 
films and then uh, talk about them in the Q&A afterward. Next week is Film Explosion 1982, where we will visit our favorite films from 1982. We have a top 10 list. Um, so that'll be fun. It's a good yeah. movies. I had a lot of fun going through that list. I actually had to drop some. Usually I have like some stupid ringer in mind, you know, like, uh, I don't know. That's um, fun. <laughs> yeah. The, the number 10 spot, but I actually had movies that I really enjoyed. So, um, there's that. And I'm also kind of in a conundrum boys. 1992 is the official release of army of darkness, except in America, but it came out in February of 93. So oh. I don't know. I know. Right. Um, all over well, the world in 1992, except for America. I made it the, uh, the advertising art for the film explosion in 1992. So, um, so it still counts because it came out, you know, in England in November of 92, right? Yeah. I'm going to consider it a 92 movie for sure. Cool. Sweet. Cause then I'd have to redo my whole list and I started panicking and, um, we don't want you to, we don't want you to feel, uh, f- feel weird, Ryan. Don't worry, but I need, <laughs> I owe, I owe Brad a list. So yeah, you do. Yeah. And I'm just going to go ahead and do the list for everything else too. Yeah, I, th- I think cool. our standard is Letterbox, and they're calling it 92, so... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I used to. I mean, I, I cheated for Jason X, <laughs> so I could <laughs> use movies the following year. Um, but yeah, I, I was just... Because, you know, technically, it's not the 30th anniversary, but technically it is. And I know why it was delayed in America, because they reshot the ending, and, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Because in yeah. Europe as where the ending where he woke up in the future. Cause he took too many uh, drops of the serum mm-hmm. and then it was a downer. So then they came back and shot the S smart ending. But yeah, anyways, we'll be doing that. Thanks for listening. Alrighty. See you at the movies. Bye. Well, a real nerd knows who shot a real nerd can follow the plot and a real nerd Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.